We're going to make the payoff wait just a little bit longer. That, of course, the story that Andrea Adelson did for ESPN.com on the Virginia Tech Hokies that came out within the last week uh, in regards to how they've gotten here, where they're trying to rebuild the momentum and the glory days they had uh, back in the heyday, late night, late 1990s and early to mid 2000s of the Frank Beamer era that has eroded basically since about 2010, 2011. Before we do that, though, Andrea Adelson, we welcome her into the fast lane from CBS, from, excuse me, ESPN.com. Don't want to get that part wrong. Here we go, Ed. I know. I'm already off to a bad start with her. Uh, at least we don't have a dial tone here for her great work. Yeah. Part of which includes, right after the ACC football kickoff, jetting up, or maybe driving up, to Charlottesville, Virginia, to check out the Virginia Cavaliers, which gets us to a point we've discussed quite often today in the fast lane. Virginia fans just saying, saying hey, I want to see it before I believe it with Tony Elliott. What is your read on the Virginia Cavalier program, Andrea, and their ability to actually deliver on their fans' desire to see some success before it is actually believed? You know, it is so hard to judge and evaluate where Virginia is as a football program right now because they're still dealing with the tragic events from November. Um, This is still a program that is grieving the loss of three football players in LaBelle Davis Jr. and Devin Chandler and Deshaun Perry. Um, And it's very hard for them to um, move on. They will not move on. They're trying to move forward. But it's still an emotional time there. So you consider the fact that there are a lot of emotions going on within the program while also trying to rebuild a program that really didn't have a whole lot of success uh, a year ago. Um, And so when I talked to Tony Elliott, he told me this season is going to be more about how his team performs considering the extraordinary circumstances, maybe less about the wins and losses, although I know the fans want to see what the wins and losses are going to look like. But I just think that the situation Virginia is in right now is completely different than any other program in America. And I think Tony Elliott's probably going to get a little bit of a grace period um, as they try to work through a lot of the grief and trauma that everybody there is still dealing with. So to build on the grace period theory, does that only get heightened by the fact that they have an awfully tough start to their season, not just the opener, we'll just say at Tennessee because it's in Nashville and it's uh, a neutral site that will be very heavily tilted toward the Vols. But after that, a JMU team that uh, treats the regular season like it's the postseason because of that stupidly archaic NCAA rule that they're not eligible. And then Maryland, a bowl team. And then William & Mary, one of the best teams in the 1AA FCS ranks that, uh, you know, even at the start of the year, you may not have a real good idea of this Virginia team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a a really hard non-conference schedule for a program that is in the middle of what it's going through in addition to rebuilding under a new head coach. And what we saw in 10 games last year is not what anybody really expected to see out of Virginia considering where they were in the previous season. It was a bowl team. Um, And there were a lot of really good players coming back, uh, both on offense and defense. I think the defense played well. It's just that the struggles of the offense and not fitting into what Tony Elliott wanted to do on offense just became exacerbated because it looked so different from what they were doing under Bronco Mendenhall with essentially the same players. And you get a a quarterback like Brennan Armstrong who goes from 5,000, you know, total yards to barely being able to complete passes because his receivers were dropping them and, and they weren't on the same page. And, 
it was just really hard to watch at times. So I, I think the one thing that Tony has going for him, can, despite the difficult schedule and all of the circumstances, is that he's turned over the roster in a way that I think makes him feel good about having players in place who fit better what they're trying to do on offense. Now, is it going to look great all the time? Well, probably not. They've obviously got a new starting quarterback. There's still questions on the offensive line. But I still think that they've got some talent, particularly at the running back position. They've got a lot of depth there. And I know they're going to want to try and establish the run. Defensively, particularly up front, I think they're going to be really good. So uh, I think there are some building blocks for Virginia moving forward. But there's also a reason why they were picked to finish last preseason in the ACC. I think it's because a lot of people still think that they're a couple of years away from having enough pieces in place to really be able to uh, contend. Andrea Adelson from ESPN.com with us in the fast lane and right after the 2023 ACC football kickoff in Charlotte. Uh, She went up also in late July to Charlottesville to take a look at the Virginia Cavalier program. So she shared some of her perspective on the who's with us in the fast lane. Now to the other side of the Commonwealth. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but for over a year, you and your colleagues at ESPN.com have been working on that piece on Virginia Tech football that dropped a couple of weeks ago or within the last week. uh, And of course, is a wonderfully insightful read on how Virginia Tech has gotten to this particular point. Your takeaways from that as it relates to the challenge that Brent Pry has in front of him this year and beyond are fill in the blank. Well, that's a good question, and part of the reason why the focus of the story was essentially that. What has Brent Pry inherited, and how long does it take to be able to rebuild uh, a lot of some of the mistakes and missteps that happened under his predecessor? And I know a lot of blame has been you know, heaped on Justin Fuente, um, but there's blame to go around within the athletic department, the administration, for some of the things that happened there. And when you don't have complete alignment from the top all the way down, when you don't have investment in football, when you kind of just shrug your shoulders and say, well, this is the way we did it under Coach Beamer. We're just going to keep doing it that way. It just doesn't work anymore. Florida State had issues very similar to that after Bobby Bowden retired, and it set their program back. I mean, they're just now um, relevant again uh, 10 years after winning a a national championship. So I see some parallels and similarities there, but the biggest thing I think that Brent Pry has going for him is the alignment that they have now um, from top to bottom. He's not getting people who are working against him the way that Justin Fuente did. He's not getting people who were kind of saying no to the things that he wants. They've been able to improve their facilities, improve the investment overall in football when it comes to coaching salaries, recruiting positions, player personnel, staffing, all of that. He's got it a lot better than Justin Fuente did. Uh, And he's also working to rebuild relationships in the state of Virginia when it comes to recruiting. And those relationships suffered uh, under the previous coaching staff. And Brent Pry recognized that immediately because he saw it firsthand when he was an assistant at Penn State. He'd be able to go into Virginia and get guys out of Virginia to go to Penn State, guys who weren't even considering Virginia Tech. And even at that time, it was kind of scratching his head saying, why aren't these guys considering Virginia Tech? Brent Pry knows better than anybody that uh, those players should be going to a place like Virginia Tech. So 
now that he's kind of taken over, he's just trying to repair and rebuild those relationships. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, he's a Frank Beamer guy and has a, a gregarious personality and a lot of people want to be around him, hear him talk and that sort of thing. I think that also helps him as well. Um, so I think he has all that going for him. But when you are down, as long as Virginia Tech has been down, it takes time to rebuild all of that back up uh, because it's not just about money and investment. It's also about relationships. And it's also about your team and your players and making sure that they have trust and belief in what you're trying to do. And I think some of that was lost previously. So um, that's a very long answer to your question. Um, but I certainly think the fact that, you know, a lot of the issues that were there previously have been addressed um, can only mean good things for Brent Prime moving forward. A. Adelson ESPN is with us here in the fast lane. Andrea, Virginia Tech fans, they want to get back to bowl eligibility. It was never really going to happen in Brent Prize's first year. Kind of uh, the expectation this year, though, is that they get to that point. How well equipped are they, maybe not to be at the top of the ACC, but at least be in the spot where, all right, you can get to bowl eligibility, maybe get those coveted extra late November, early December practices, and therefore have something to build on to get where this program ultimately wants to be, which is to the top of the conference. Yeah, uh, I have right now, you know, Virginia Tech is a five or six win team. I think there's a chance they can make it to bowl eligibility um, this season. In fact, I was talking to some of the folks who cover Virginia Tech on a regular basis, and, you know, they think six wins, you know, is a real possibility this year uh, for this team. I think defensively there are – some really nice pieces in place, particularly in the secondary. And we all know that that's Brent Pry's um, specialty. So we expect them to be good. And they were, I mean, they were good on defense last year at times. I mean, the fact that they lost so many close games um, to me is a key indicator that if they can just get a couple of those um, turned in the right direction, particularly in the fourth quarter, um, then that kind of starts to shift the momentum, right? When you start to win some close games, uh, then players start to believe. Um, and I think that's some of what Virginia Tech needs. Offensively, I have a few more question marks. Um, you know, I, I, I am still a little bit skeptical about Grant Wells until I see him again uh, and, and to be improved over where he was from a year ago. They've got pieces in place at receiver that I think can help him get there. Uh, But to me, ultimately, I think the defense is going to be good. The questions that I have are on offense and whether Grant Wells has made enough improvement from last year to this year and that receiver group um, has elevated itself to a point where they can make some plays in the passing game and give themselves opportunities to win these close games. So that's why I still am kind of on the fence about whether this team can make a bowl game or not. Andrea, last one for you. Got about a minute or so. Who are you more optimistic exceeds expectations this year? Is it Virginia Tech? And if nothing more than because it is a healing spot for Virginia, and that's not a knock on them, but ultimately it does have an impact on wins and losses. Yeah, I do think it's Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech um, is in much better position to have a better year. And we did see some strides a year ago. I think maybe better strides than we saw from from Virginia. Um, And look, Virginia has these extenuating circumstances, and they don't want anyone feeling sorry for them. But the fact of the matter is um, they're still dealing with a lot uh, from the trauma and the tragedy that occurred. 
Um, and so I just feel like if we're comparing both of those programs, Virginia Tech is probably uh, a little bit further ahead. A. Adelson, ESPN, to keep up with her on social media. Andrea, thank you very much for joining us. Congratulations on the great work at ESPN.com, and we look forward to keeping up with more of it here in the Fast Lane. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for having me today. Our pleasure. Andrea Adelson with us in the Fast Lane. Sound off on her thoughts at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, and Trey Law VT, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and hopefully five-star reviews wherever you listen to podcasts because we'll get to that and more tomorrow in the Fast Lane.